0: Walker eyed him suspiciously. "'You seem to know a lot about this. Are you CIA as well, mister?' "'Ha! Hell no. Name's Brian Jenkins. I'm an archaeologist. I was leading a team excavating the ruins of a lost city-state in southern Oman when the terrorists attacked. The SOB slipped over the border in the middle of the night and hit our camp in a supposed secure zone. They just walked in and killed everyone—with guns, knives—' Sometimes bare hands, like it was a contest to see who could be more creative. His eye twitched a little. They only spared me for the ransom money. Must have assumed doctor in my title meant I was rich. I can't thank you folks enough for getting me out of there. Compared to that hellhole, this new world is a walk in the park. Jenkins closed his eyes, beating down some memory. Anyway... The place we were studying died out during the last such atmospheric event the planet witnessed. Have you ever heard of The Year Without a Summer, back in 1816? Blank faces stared at him. Jenkins had never given a lecture to a more attentive audience. Something similar happened. The sky worldwide was grayed out for months. In the northern latitudes, nothing but a light haze, even at noon, hinted that the sun was still there— We're talking stuff straight out of the worst parts of the Bible. Global temperatures plummeted. There were widespread crop failures throughout the Northern Hemisphere. Rapid climate change, too, with dry areas experiencing sudden flooding and the tropics suffering extensive droughts. The mini-apocalypse lasted for over a year, spawning famines, pandemics, riots, and even a few wars. Historians say a 100,000 people starved to death in Ireland alone. Millions died around the world. And you know the craziest thing? The whole disaster was caused by a single volcanic eruption far away. Mount Tambora, in Indonesia to be exact. The only difference is that this time, nature isn't our enemy. I'm willing to wager that not even the worst elements of mankind are behind this calamity which leaves only one logical explanation. All three gazed out the window at the panicked refugee storm below. Jenkins pointed up at the cloudy sky. The whole planet is going to suffer the consequences of this bombing. Whoever or whatever did this doesn't care about money, politics, religion, or any of that nonsense. They clearly have a beef with the entire human race. Walker guffawed. What are you saying? You think we're at war with the alien— The sun came out. An artificial one, at least. Michaels whistled. I guess we aren't completely defenseless. The southwestern sky lit up in an ever-expanding supernova. No mushroom cloud. This was clearly an exo-atmospheric nuclear detonation. The expanding fireball cycled between shades of yellow and orange before settling on crimson. The blood-red Nova kept racing out until it smothered the entire horizon. Michaels whooped again. Hell yeah! Whoever the enemy is, looks like we nailed him. One ship down, five to go. Walker cheered out the window like everyone else. Jenkins nudged her shoulder, waving a finger at the shapes falling from the red sunburst. Damn, how big do you think those chunks are? She couldn't begin to guess how large the falling objects burning through the atmosphere were. The fact that any debris could survive a nuclear blast shook her world. Hell if I know, but if we can see them a couple of hundred miles away, well, I'm just glad we're not the only ones left in this fight. The pilot's voice buzzed over the intercom. We're thirty minutes out from Camp Arifjan. Michael shot Walker an exasperated look. He didn't say if they're expecting us. Have you had any luck on the net? We should be close enough by now. Walker played with her worthless radio yet again. No go, but that's probably a side effect of the nuke. With all the electromagnetic interference, I'm surprised we can even communicate with the next chopper. She forced herself to believe her own excuse.